Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 98. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. Today is Authority Thursday. That means we have an authority here on the show, and the topic of discussion is systems and processes. Yes, I know I beat it to death, but time and time again on the show, we talk about how important it is to have systems and processes, uh, procedures, policies, all that great stuff in your operations manual, but we don't get into the nitty gritty of how to actually do it, where to start, what you need to know, and that's what we're going to cover today. Uh, My guest is awesome. I will be introducing him shortly. Before I do that, just a quick reminder to please reach out to me if you can think of anything that would make a helpful episode for you. If you have any questions, if there's anything out there you're interested in, uh, use me as a, a way to, to learn about that. I know you guys don't have a lot of time, but I have all the time in the world to learn, and that's what I'm here for, so take advantage of it. Just email me, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. You can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+. I'm out there, I'm easy to find, and I cannot wait to connect with you. So with that said, let's get this interview started. It is a great one. Oh, I almost forgot. Make sure you stick around to the end of the show because our guest uh, gives us a great offer, but you have to wait until the end to find out what it is. Okay, now I will hit play. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Owen McGab Ino Owo. I'm I I know I'm saying that wrong. Ino Owo. <laughs> Did I get it right that time? Owen McGab Inowo. <laughs> That's an awesome name, man. I'm sorry I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> it's so, all right, it's all right. <laughs> how you doing today, Owen? I am doing good. It's fun to be here. <laughs> awesome. Well, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge that are gonna make us all a little bit more unstoppable? Yes. All right, let's get started. So, Owen is the co-founder of Sweet Process. Uh, It's an online application that makes it easy for you to systemize your entire business by quickly documenting procedures on how you get tasks done so that your employees know what you know. So, Owen, that's just a taste of who you are and what you're about. Why don't you give us the big picture of what's going on? Okay, so uh, it started a while back when I used to, uh, you know, be in the virtual assistant industry where we used to provide uh, clients with virtual assistants. With small business owners, they most likely had gotten overwhelmed with what they were doing, and they wanted to focus more on the sales and marketing so they can grow their business. Whereas they have all this backlog of admin staff, uh, admin tasks that are actually. Mm-hmm require for their business but in order to you know get out of it they had to find a way to get somebody else to do it they didn't want to hire employees yet but they wanted like a virtual assistant Mm -hmm. and so they will come to us and we'll provide them with a virtual assistant based in the philippines to actually do the work for them and in order for us to deliver the work for our customers we realized that hey we had to actually create uh literally document systems and procedure i mean uh, procedures and processes for what the tasks at hand are because otherwise you won't be able to do it predictably. And so back then we used to hack about, uh, you know, hack around a bunch of different tools together mm-hmm. to get it done. And we also considered making use of enterprise tools for, you know, uh, process management tools, the enterprise ones were too expensive. So we just, you know, combine a bunch of different tools that were not necessarily built for what we, what we were doing and we hack them together. And at the back of my mind, I was like, you know what, I had to actually invest the time to actually build a software that would actually do uh, what we needed it to do because I felt like it was there needed to be an easier way for small business owners to, to literally systematize by documenting procedures and processes for what they do on one hand and then on the other hand be able to delegate tasks to the employees and track the, prog- um, the, the progress all through completion based on the systems we created. So I just kept it at the back of my head and say, okay, I'll, when I get the time to you know invest in this, I'll actually work on building the app and hire somebody to mm-hmm. you know to, to build the app. But then 
one day I went on an interview uh, on Mixergy. Mm-hmm. The host, his name is Andrew Warner, and he brought me on there to talk about how businesses can systematize, uh, how uh, entrepreneurs can systematize their business. And I went through my whole spiel of how, you know, the steps we actually take as, uh, back then as a virtual assistant company to do that for our clients. And my co-founder now at Sweet Process, Jervis, listened to that interview and then reached out to me and said, hey, dude, I love the interview, and uh, uh, this is what I'm actually working on, working on building an app to do exactly what you were talking about. And I was like, wait. I've always wanted to build this app myself. So instead of you just asking me for advice, look, why don't we just go ahead and you know, combine my experience and your experience as a developer and we build this app together so that we can solve this problem once and for all for entrepreneurs. And that's how Sweet Process got started. That's a cool story, man. And I love you talk about how your background is a little bit of being somebody who worked in the world of virtual assistants. But in a way, uh, creating systems and processes is like hiring a virtual assistant. And we learned from Danny Meyer, who wrote the book Setting the Table, um, your job as owners and managers are to constantly be setting the standards. And, and when things get off track, you bring it back to that standard. Um, that's, what, yeah. that's what a system and process does. It creates that standard. So you're constantly setting the table of this is what we do. This is how we do it. And there's no other way. And that yeah. you, you're almost like by creating these systems and pro- processes, it's like you're hiring a virtual assistant who's a manager who's always setting the table for you. So it's really cool, and I'm really excited. I mean, we have you on the show today because you're our authority on you – know, we, we talk a lot about how important it is to create these systems and processes and procedures, but we don't really get into the nitty-gritty of how to actually do it. And that's what you're going to do for us today, man. You're going to break it down and spell out where to start, how to do it. You're going to give us the recipe for success, and I cannot – Wait, man, it's going to be awesome. But before we do that, um, I like to have my guests share a success or quote or mantra to really get that motivational ball going. Because that's what we're here to do, to get pumped up, to get positive, to get motivated. So what do you have for us today? Yeah, I want to share a quote that is relevant to what we're going to be talking about. And it's a quote from Clayton M. Christensen. And his basically says, when a company identifies how to integrate the processes needed to give the consumer a sense of job completion, it can blow away the competition. A product is easy to copy, but the experiences are very hard to replicate. And basically what that's saying is that, yes, your competition, uh, your competitors can, they can, you know, if you have a product or whatever service, they can go ahead and, you know, try to replicate that because from the outside, they see the product, they see the, 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 the service, but they cannot really replicate the experience itself. And, that's your selling point. And in order to uh, create a, a, a situation where your customers always get the same experience, the same great level of customer service or the, great, the same results, you have to actually invest the time to put systems in place to make sure that those results that you want to give delivered to your customers are actually delivered in the sense that you have to have procedures and processes in place to get your your employees to be able to deliver the work the way they should in cases where a human being has to do it and in cases where you can actually automate it then there has to be automation in place to make sure that you always predictably deliver that experience that you want to deliver to your customer and yeah, that's and the importance of you know systematizing your business that that message is so powerful and i think a lot of the time uh, people indie restaurant owners they get into this this industry that, uh because they have a craft they're extremely talented gifted individuals who can produce amazing food and they get sidetracked and they, they get caught up in the food but it's the, at the it's the experience that's going to bring people back and your food is a part of that experience but what's even more important is being consistent with that experience and making sure it's the same experience every time people come and that's where systems and procedures and processes are so powerful and i can't wait to tap into your mind and just to learn how we can implement these into our restaurants today so uh awesome yeah man the first question i have for you i mean what Exactly. We've already kind of scraped the surface, but what are the the benefits of these systems? Awesome. And so to answer that question, I answer it two ways. First of all, by sharing some kind of, you know, some examples to make it clear and then go into some more details why actually, uh, why, you know, documenting and creating systems for your business actually is profitable. So first of all, you know, you you, you see, uh, you know, this Big companies, the you know multi-million dollar companies, sometimes even up to multi-billion dollar companies like McDonald's, Starbucks, and you know Dunkin' Donuts and all that. When you go into them, these are companies that are actually run by teenagers. I, 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 the Dunkin' Donuts that's not so far away from my place. This this company 
is run by teenagers. Every time you go in there, it's run by teenagers. But how is that possible? It's because someone in that company actually invested the time to create systems, procedures, and processes that their employees can actually follow step by step in order to deliver the work, uh, the, the results to their customers predictably. So in this case now, the system works. The system is always getting improved and uh, iterated and, uh, and, and enhanced, and yet it's being run by teenagers. Now I've given you an example of you know, companies that do that, and uh, the bigger companies. And yeah, this is another situation where this uh, is someone who I interviewed on my blog. His name is uh, Phil Thomas, and he's the founder and CEO of a company called GotMemories.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help to you know turn your pictures into memories that you know you know basically take pictures that you have and digitize them. I guess. And so this guy literally works only 15 minutes a week, and he travels the world and is able to generate over. $200,000 annually in profit because his business is systematized. In his case, he's not trying to grow a big multi-million dollar business. He just wants a business that gives him a lifestyle that allows him to literally work, in this case, 15 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. So the, the importance of you know systematizing your business is that it allows you to scale your business and make it grow as large as you want. Like, you know, if you, if you had those you know, grand ideas to build a business that huge, like the, you know, McDonald's and whatever. And in this case, where I just shared the other example, Paul, uh, Phil of, of, of the CEO of God Memories, in this case, he just wants to build a lifestyle business, a business that allows him the freedom to work from anywhere in the world, travel around the world, and still generate a decent income. And the, yeah. a business that doesn't require me. So it's systematizing your business allows you to do both, scale yeah. your business and also design the business the way you want. But diving in a little bit deeper is one of the reasons why systematizing your business is important. It's, it's actually something that is profitable because it allows you to, you know, find someone out there who makes less money than you make to come in and properly handle tasks for you. Mm-hmm. It's actually more efficient and, 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 it, and it actually allows you to eliminate unnecessary costs in cases where you probably don't need to have employees. You just, you know, automate some other things. And the things where you, you can automate, you, then you have Systems in place where the employees actually follow to get the work done because sometimes as human beings, we're prone to error. So when you have Mm -hmm. systems in place, the employees follow that. And so when you're hiring new employees, it's easier to scale because now when the employee comes in, the new hire, you know, basically has training that they will go through. And as they do their work, they have procedures in place to actually do their work. So it, it does reduce training time and cuts down the cost. And so it also makes your business safer in cases where, uh, you know, your, 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 your employees can, because as a part of doing their work, they might, if they don't follow the procedures and processes correctly, they can get hurt and get injury. So in situations like that, when you have systems in place, everybody follows the, uh, the, the set out routines of how work should get done. And that can uh, help to reduce your employee's exposure to injury and, uh, and possibly lawsuits. Yeah, it absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to add, I mean, you're mentioning all these benefits and um, how it's you're actually saving money in the long run by implementing these processes and procedures. But, you know, less waste, too. If you have a system and procedure, you're less likely to make mistakes. And you're not throwing food away all the time or recreating orders that you messed up because you didn't have these systems in place. And your employees will be much happier when they can do their job right and have structure. And when, when things are running smoothly, there's less stress, people are happier, and you're going to have a better uh, retainment rate. You're not going to have to go out and constantly be training people too. So again, saving money on that time to train. I just wanted to Yeah, add. I think also I want to, since we're talking to the guests, uh, the listeners who are predominantly uh, restaurant owners, so let me see if I can make it even more concrete from their own standpoint. You know, so having systems in place allows you to make sure that your your, 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 your customers who come to your restaurant, they will always have the same experience mm-hmm. because the guests, the, the servers, the waiters, whatever, they will follow a series of steps that you have created in place ahead of time that they will follow and use that to deliver the same experience to your guests. Then from the standpoint of the food itself, when you have, you know, systems in place, in terms of menus where, you know, for the cooks, they have to follow a series of, you know, instructions on how to deliver the food and make it taste the same way all the time. Now, not only from the standpoint of the experience coming in and how they're treated from the, uh, by, by, by the waiters and the servers and whatever, also from the standpoint of the food itself, the food delivers a predictable taste to their taste buds because now you have put that in place. This is where the menu comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
systemization, it runs the gamut regardless of your business. In this case now, the restaurant owners, it's even very important because you need to have system in place to make sure that your customers always get that same experience and also get that same food tasting the way they, they love it to taste. Awesome. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned lifestyle and this is really important. Um, you know, in this, the restaurant industry, we are such beasts. We love being in our restaurants and working. We, we love it. That, that's, we just are consumed by this industry. So we aren't ever probably going to be at the point where we're taking, we're only working 15 you know, minutes a week or whatever that, that number was you gave us yeah. earlier because we, we want to be there. We love to work. But what this is going to do, I mean, the one thing that's constant is time. Uh, and this will buy you more time. It might, like, at putting these systems in place, might there might come at an expense, a small expense. But not only are you going to be more efficient and effective and save money in other places, you're going to buy time. And that's priceless. And when you have time, um, you can choose to go other places and travel. Or you can focus on doing the things that will make your restaurant better. And we talk about... Uh, all the time, Michael Gerber's uh, the E Myth, where he talks about working in your or on your restaurant, not in your restaurant. So having yeah. this time will provide you with that opportunity to work on your restaurant to make to do the things that will make your restaurant better, to create more better systems, um, and to do what only you can do. What makes you special? If it's, I mean, as the owner, or as the manager, it's, it's your job to be there and to create those amazing relationships with your guests. And if if you have these systems and procedures in place, you can do that. You can spend that time, that face time with your guests to really get to know your people uh, and to, to get to know your employees, too, to ask questions. But when you're always doing the work yourself, you don't have the time to really do those things that make you special and make you unique. That's your, your unique selling proposition. I mean, th- these are the things that having systems and procedures in place will, will help you you know, benefit from, but uh, I mean, I didn't want to cut you off there, but, um, no, I, I just, I just allow you to do the, the talking now at this point. I just let you do the talking. <laughs> hey, it's easier yeah, for me. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, you got me worked up man. I mean, you're go ahead, adding go ahead, so much go ahead. value, but we're going to go to, uh, unless you want to add anything else, I want to get to the next question. Yeah. Uh, I guess go ahead. Ask the next question. So, so that, uh, yeah, you gave us a story with got memories, but we're in the restaurant industry. I want to know, do, can you think of any stories of a, a success story of where you saw somebody somebody implement systems and processes into their restaurant and what happened because of it? Okay, so one of the things we do uh, at Sweet Process is that even though we provide the app, we also have a blog on our website where we go out there and interview entrepreneurs who have been able to systematize their business, and they come on our site to, uh, to on our blog to be interviewed and talk about how they did it, regardless of whether they use Sweet Process or not. And one of those people that we interviewed uh, actually owns, we've interviewed quite a lot of people from, uh, who, owns re- who own restaurants, but one of them that comes to mind, her name is um, Misty Young, and who was story- also a past guest on the show. She's awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. So you guys can check her interview on this uh, blog as well. Yes. And so in her case, when she bought the restaurant, the restaurant was struggling. It literally had zero systems in place to the point that they didn't even have, I mean, at this day and age, a restaurant that can't even take credit cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were taking checks. and, and, and I mean, the this, this story was so ridiculous that she bought this company and she had to start from scratch, learning Everything, all the way from the system, you know, creating systems for you know the, the for the kitchen, creating systems for the servers. Literally, she had to work her way creating systems for all the different parts of her business. And in this interview that I described, she she talks about how she actually did it. You know, uh, and 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 what she ended up having is now the business runs without her successfully. She hardly has to to to, to work in the business, and it now generates over four million dollars. Wow a year in sales to the point that even most of her staff do not even know who she is <laughs> because she goes to the restaurant they come to her and serve her like she's one of the guests and they don't even know who she is the only people that probably know her are like the top managers who you know she hired and while actually overseeing the companies right now uh, the, the 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 staff right now but most of our staff don't even know her so they she she uses it as an opportunity to go in every night and and see that the system she has in place is actually working because they don't even know who she is. Mm-hmm. And she sees the system come to life by them serving her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and such a great example, and it just shows the power of having these processes. Um, you mentioned this this interview. Do you have that interview in any kind of uh, media format, whether it's print or audio? Actually, the interview, it's uh, – so if you, if you went to the blog, sweetprocess.com forward slash blog, uh, the interview should be on there. Um, you can I, I, sh- I guess I can give you a link so you can yeah. link directly to the interview. And with the interview, you, you as the listener, you get to – Listen to the entire um, uh, uh, interview itself, and also you can download the transcript if you, if you wanted to read the actual transcript itself. Great. Yeah, I'll have the links in the show notes. This will be episode, I believe, 97. So just check out Restaurant Unstoppable slash 97. The links to my interview will be there and with Owen's interview. So check that out. Uh, the next question I have for you, Owen, um, I mean, there's a few terms we need to get straight when we talk about processes. Uh, so can you go through some of the terms and just maybe use some definitions of uh, what we need to know to get the big picture to start creating these systems and processes? Okay, so one of the things that that confuse people uh, is is the understanding of the differences between uh, a policy, a procedure, or a process. And so I'll I'll use some analogies to make it uh, easy to understand. So think of if, if you were driving from D.C. to Virginia and you had a GPS that tells you, okay, on this street, you know, go X amount of minutes and then, you know, and then uh, turn left or turn right on the other street. You know, it goes, the GPS goes into so much detail. It literally tells you step by step by step Mm -hmm. what to do. In this case, this can be likened to what is called a procedure where you're writing a procedure and telling your employees, like in this case now, I want to relate it to the people listening. You're telling your, your cooks step by step directions of how to create one of your special meals that you have in your restaurant. That, 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 that menu itself or that instruction that, that you give to the cook, in that case, will be a procedure of what they have to do. It can also be like a procedure of what the guest, uh, the, the, the person at the front desk has to do when, they, when, when the greeter, what they have to do when people come into the restaurant. You're telling them step by step what they have to do. Mm-hmm. So that, in that case, could be a procedure. So using another analogy, say in, in, initially we talked about how you had the GPS. Now imagine you have a map in your hand, and in that map you have you know, uh, the two dots, D.C. as one dot, and you have Virginia as another dot, and you have a squiggly line connecting them. So that's kind of like a, you know, 40,000-foot view where you're seeing where you're trying to go, but you're not seeing the in-depth details of how you're getting there. You just understand where where you're trying to go, right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, that will be like into a process. So a process is kind of like, to me, it's like a, it's a, a group of procedures that you put together into one bucket, which is a process. And the process bucket itself is meant to achieve this big goal. Mm-hmm. Because if you were trying to write a procedure for this big goal itself, the procedure itself can easily become like, you know, <laughs> hundreds of steps can become daunting. Yeah. So now you break it down into these individual parts which are procedures, and those individual parts you now put into a process bucket. And let me make it even more concrete. So if you're trying to hire a, a, a new cook in your restaurant, right? Yeah. It's, uh, that, that, that whole hiring uh, thing itself, the goal is to get a new cook. But if you want to write a procedure for that, it's going to be a lot of steps. So you have to break that down into its individual parts. The first step will be, okay, what are the series of steps that I have to take to place the ad out there so that we can get the the fact that we need a new uh, new cook known to everybody who you know in the in the, in the area or maybe uh, you know all the different cooking uh, job sites you know what are the series of steps you have to take to put ads out there to get attract the best cooks mm-hmm. so that they can be interviewed then now the next part of this whole hiring process be what are the series of steps that you have to go through to actually get uh, uh, the interviews in so when you're actually interviewing them you know and then being able to select the right people to actually take to the next stage. Okay. And then the next series of steps can be, okay, when you finally find somebody, what are the series of steps that you have to go through to onboard that person so that that person now becomes, you know, after, after they become an employee. But you see what I'm doing now yeah. is I'm breaking this yeah, hiring exactly. process into the different steps. So that, in this case, is a process, right? And so you, the process is just a bucket of, you know, you have this big goal you're trying to achieve, but you have to break the, the big goal into individual functional parts and those individual individual functional parts are procedures Mm -hmm. so now what are policies well there are situations where you cannot literally give a detailed step-by-step of what needs to be done so in those cases you have to create a rule Mm -hmm. kind of a framework that guides people 
on what they need to do. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? It's not yeah, necessarily but, a yeah. detailed step-by-step step because it might change based on the situation, but the rule, the framework is kind of a... Uh, this is kind of this framework where as long as they're within that framework, they're going to end up getting to deliver, you know, the results you want. So I'll give you a, 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 an analogy with that. So we, we've been using the driving analogy. Initially, we talked about the GPS. The next one, we talked about the, um, we talked about the map, right? Yep. Now, let's talk about, okay, when you're driving on the road, there are rules that the government exactly. have made for you. Yep. You know, there are speed limits. You know, that's part yeah. of the rule. You know that you're, you're going to get, get on a road that is 35. You can't go more than 10 miles above that. Otherwise, you can liable to get a ticket from a poli- uh, from a cop. Yeah. And then now you know that you have stop signs. When the signs get, say green is go or when it says yellow, you start yielding. Or when it's red, you don't move. Or You know, so those are actually rules that are as long as you stay within the rules, you will get... To, to, to get the outcome you want, but it doesn't necessarily tell you what to do. These, I mean, these are your standards, um, basically, yeah. what you're saying. I mean, it, it, we need certain standards, the do's and the don'ts, um, the perimeters, to get to where you have to go the right way. Uh, for example, like, I'm, I know at restaurants I've worked, uh, when I was working for pizza delivery, uh, I still do work for pizza delivery from time to time to make some extra cash, and we can't park in front of the door because we need to leave that space available for customers so they don't have to walk a far distance. So it's a, it's a policy that we park on the other side of the parking lot to leave those spaces available for guests so it's convenient for them. So that's an example of a policy. It's not a procedure. Um, there's no process to that. It's just a rule we create to make our uh, our restaurant more hospitable. Is that a good example? Yeah. Yeah, so once you know the difference between the three of them, then based on the particular situation, you know which one to plug in. If it's something where it's a big task that creating a step-by-step procedure in one setting would not make sense, well, create a process, break it down to the individual functional part, and you can start tackling each of the individual parts as individual procedures gradually, right? And Mm -hmm. if it's something that you can just go ahead and write a procedure for it real quick, just go ahead and write a procedure for it. But if it's a situation where... Writing this procedure or even creating a process doesn't make sense because it's much better to create a framework, like a rule set that people have to follow. Well, then now you know which one to choose. Mm -hmm. And one thing we haven't mentioned, it's really so incredibly important that when you're making these systems and procedures uh, and these processes, you need to write them down, right? Definitely. Okay, yeah. And why is that important? Well, that's important for you to write them down because... If you're not writing it down, then how? I mean, it's literally going to just be in your head. It's here. So, yeah, it'll be he say, she say. And you need to have that concrete proof that this is the way. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that you asked me during the pre interview is like, you know, what are some signs that, you know, your business needs to be uh, systematized? First yeah. of all, you know, it, it becomes a situation where your system, your business needs to be systematized when you realize literally that you are the bottleneck in your business mm-hmm. because everything stops when you're not around. Literally, you can't even go on vacation because everybody keeps to, you know, look yeah. for you. If and you're it, not there, everything comes to a <laughs> screeching halt. Yeah. And then another thing that tells you that you need to start documenting how things work in your business is when customers keep complaining about, in, in your case now, your customers, they don't get a predictable experience because they keep complaining to you guys and telling you that they don't get any the results that you desired for them to get because it's not predictable. This is a situation that is screaming out to you say, hey, we need to systematize how this very uh, particular scenario works. And then you have, when you tell me hire a new person, in order for them to get up to speed, it's like, you know, it's crazy because you, you lose somebody, but you get somebody in, and now you're scrambling to figure out what the old person used to do so that this new, in this case, maybe this new cook or this new uh, server or this new waiter can do so that they can do exactly the same thing the last person was doing, but you don't have that in place. Now, this is a scenario that's screaming out to you, hey, you need to actually start documenting how for this very role, they do what they do so that whenever you hire somebody new, they can hit the ground running. You know, these are some you know some symptoms that tells you that your business needs to start to be uh, you need to start systematizing your business. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so, so far we've covered the, the benefits. I mean, why is it important to have these 
you know, systems and policies in place. And I think we've really knocked that out of the park. We've really driven home the value of having these procedures and processes. We've talked about the different parts of creating the systems and processes. We talked about the signs that may, you know, tell you that you should probably implement these systems and processes. But now we're going to talk, we're going to get like into the specifics of like where to start. So like where do we start if we have identified that maybe this is something we should really consider? And so here, here's the thing, is that when you start thinking about this, initially you're going to get overwhelmed. Like, okay, my business is, you know, has all these different parts all screaming for equal attention from me. Where do I know where to start from? So here's the thing that you, you, you can actually do. You need to, first of all, start, you know, keeping track of what's going on. So instead of jumping right into, you know, with all the you know, everything screaming for your attention, instead of jumping right into it and actually starting to do it, start you know, keeping track of what exactly is happening, you know, where on a daily basis, what, 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 what is my attention being drawn to start documenting? Like, you know, what, you know, what is this? What is that? What, you know, you're identifying all the things and you're writing them down. Like these are the different things that need that happen, the processes. Yes. So maybe do that for maybe a week or two weeks or, or, you know, as, as long as you feel that you've documented to the point where the next following week now is exactly the same thing happening again, nothing new. So now you now have a, a list of all the stuff that's going through in your life in, 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 as the owner of the restaurant. And so now the next thing to do is, okay, look through that list and prioritize. And then after prioritizing and, and you know, making, uh, making a list of what's going on, now ask yourself, what should you eliminate? Because the reality is you shouldn't be doing everything. And your employees should not be doing any of those things or some of those things on that list as well. So if there's anything on that list that you have kind of you know, created over the last couple of weeks, you realize that it needs to be eliminated, then eliminate it. And, and what's the criteria for eliminating this is that you have to determine if the task is required for your business to function. And if it's not required for your business to function, then, well, eliminate it. There's no need creating a system for something that's not required for your business to function. Mm-hmm. So now what you're left with are tasks that are required for your business to function. And then the next step you have to go through is, okay, of those tasks that are required for my business to function, which are the ones that are high-value tasks that I should be responsible for, and which ones are the ones that, you know, maybe they're not so high-value that you should be responsible for, but they're required and someone else can do them for you. This is the, the whole process of prioritizing the list. The first step was creating a list, first of all, and then secondly, eliminating what is not required for your business to function. And now you're left with those that are required for your business to function. And then you're now identifying the parts that you should be responsible for handling because they're high value tasks. And then the others are the tasks that are required. And now you can figure out, okay, these are these ones that I can delegate to my employee. But before you delegate to your employees so that they can deliver predictably on those tasks, this is where you now have to start documenting procedures and processes for what they should do or even creating policies for them. Mm-hmm. So do you see how we got to this point right I now? I did, yeah. It was okay. really well explained. And what, that document, that end result is your operations manual, correct? Yes. And so now we've gotten to the point where you want to now start documenting, you know, in this case, procedures for your employees on what they should be doing. Okay. So if you want to start documenting procedures and, you you know, you have identified one specific task now, let's can you give me an example from restaurant specific that we could just use? That means it's, it makes sense for the listeners. A, a task that's specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, making for a, a sandwich. Okay, making a sandwich. Okay, so we start with with, with that task of making a sandwich. You want to document a procedure for how that sh- should be done, so that it's, it's delivered uh, on a recurring basis the way you want it to be done. So the first thing you do is. Instead of trying to create the entire procedure and, and, and giving it all the details step by step, that can become overwhelming. So what you can do first thing is what we call creating a, a skeleton draft or what we call a minimum viable procedure. It's just a rough outline of what it needs to be. You can easily go onto Microsoft Word or whatever document that you know you, you, uh, documentation tool that you're comfortable with, and start by giving the procedure a relevant title so that whoever uh, you know, knows because the title of the document knows exactly what's going on in there. So you call it how to create a sandwich, right? So that's the first thing. And then the steps. You literally, uh, uh, for each step, give each step a relevant title for what exactly that step should be. But don't add in the details yet. So what you end up with 
is as you're doing the task itself, start by creating the procedure, give it a relevant title. And as you're taking, you know, as you're going through each step of the actual task itself, now you just have the title of each step of the task as you are going through the task. You don't put in the details of the step. You you get what I'm saying? Yeah. At so the end of this, can I give go you an ahead. example? So if we're making a sandwich, <laughs> the processes would be selecting the bread, uh, selecting the condiment, selecting the meat, cheese, and vegetables, and then wrapping it up. I mean, that's not yes. specific, but it's the layers of what you have to do. Uh, it's the process. Yes. So it's, 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 the la- it's the layers of what you have to do. So you started by giving the, the title of the procedure and then give each step a title. But the details of what goes into it don't go into the procedure yet. So when you're done, you're left with a minimum viable procedure. At this point, you can either say if you have someone who is experienced, who like a manager or someone who has done the task before you, who you've actually trained, you can now take that minimum viable procedure and say, okay, I've trained you on this before and I've created kind of like a uh, a guideline or like a minimum viable procedure on it, I want you to go in and fill in the details as you actually carry out the task. I want you to go in and fill in the details of the procedure. Or if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's a procedure you're creating for a task that no one else knows how to do and it's only you, after you've created that minimum viable procedure, the next time you're about to carry out that task, remember, we're just going to have the title of the procedure and the title of each step. The next time you're about to carry, that, that, carry out that task, Permit yourself to fill out the details of only the first step. Mm-hmm. And the next time you're about to carry out that task again, commit yourself to fill out the details of only step two. So assuming that you created a procedure for a, a, a task that you do every day and it's a five-step task, for instance, so on, on Monday you would have created that minimum viable procedure, just a rough draft, the title of the procedure and title of each step. And then on Tuesday, you, know, you fill out the details of only step one. On Wednesday, you fill out details of only step two. By the following week, Monday, you should have been completely, you know, filled out all the details of the entire procedure. The reason I'm saying this is that I want to give you a framework to, to go ahead to build, to create procedures for your business in a, in a way that is iterative and it, it takes step by step and it doesn't get you overwhelmed. Yeah, you, you take can little bites. You take little bites to eat this elephant. So you can start by, you always start by building out that minimum viable procedure yeah. first. And the reason why that's important, I want to give an analogy for that, is imagine a builder building a house. They start by building the foundation. In this case, I'll be likened to the title of that procedure because it tells everybody what that procedure is going to be. And that is very relevant. The title makes sense. And then they now go ahead and build. Uh, they add, the, the builder adds in the wooden and metal framework, right? In this case, I'll be likened to the title of each step in the procedure, right? And then they can either go ahead and get uh, additional contractors to come in and erect the walls and the roofs and all that. In this case, that will be likened to the details. Or they themselves, as the builder, can build out themselves, uh, you know, put in the walls and the roofs and, the, and, and fill out the, the, the framework on their own time. Mm-hmm. So you understand the analogy yeah, yeah. now? It, it, the framework allows you to build out the, the procedure completely. Yeah, and one thing I just want to add before we move on, uh, what's really important about a minimal viable procedure, and it reminds me a lot of uh, a minimal viable product, basically with that, you're always looking to improve. Um, you don't just create it yes. once. Um, it's the minimal viable, meaning this is what it takes to be something. And from here, we always improve to make it better, to save more time, to make it taste better, to make it get to the customer better, to provide better service. Never settle for minimal. Always be looking to get to that ex- excellent finished product. Awesome. So uh, we're going to move on. I mean, we're, we're, we've reached almost 36 minutes. Uh, you're just in- giving us such incredible content here. Um, I can't wait to share this with my listeners. So, Okay, now you just blew my head and I got to put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to just uh, – we're going to move on here. So what if we just – I mean, how do you, you – you mentioned that we got to prioritize high value. Um, how do you choose – the important revenue generating tasks and who, how do you delegate those important tasks? Well, for me, it, it comes down to, at the end of the day, as the CEO, most of the times you are the chief revenue officer in the, in the, in the company. You're the chief spokesman, the chief sales guy, you're the chief 
everything that involves bringing people into this restaurant. Because at the end of the day, if you have a restaurant and you have the best meals, the, the best service, and somebody is not out there actively, you know, doing, you know, creating marketing campaigns and doing, you know, sales campaigns to generate that traffic in there, then, you know, all that great systems and processes that you have for the actual production of the service will just be two ways. So most of the time, the high-value tasks are those tasks that are most likely sales and marketing related initially, right? And yep. so you start out by keeping those ones to yourself initially yep. while you making sure that, you know, the other tasks in those lists that are not sales and marketing related, you're now creating procedures, just like how we've gone through that whole minimum viable procedures and fleshing them out gradually. Yep. And then you now, after you have procedures, you now start assigning the tasks to your employees to start, you know, getting them done. Eventually, you would have created procedures for all those tasks, and the employees would now start actually doing the work and also helping you to improve those procedures. Now you're left with only the sales and marketing. Well, eventually, you can now start creating procedures for how you even do the sales and marketing. Because what you realize is even in the process of doing your sales and marketing, there are parts of it that don't require your, your entire uh, 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 involvement. There are only some parts that actually require it. And, and let me make this concrete by using an example that doesn't necessarily have to do with, uh, 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 um, what's it called, restaurants, for instance. So in, in my case, I have a, a, another company where uh, we help, like, uh, uh, e-commerce businesses that are, you know, that sell clothes and uh, clothing accessory online to provide them with uh, 24-7 live chat, phone, and email support. Well, in order to get that kind of customer, there is a sales process involved where you literally have to, you know, identify people that have the need for the service and go out to this company and then identify who within the company is the right person to be speaking to. And then when you reach out to them, then there's a whole sales process that has to go through, you know, and then, you know, identify if they have the, the authority, if they have the urgency, the, the need for the problem, if they have the budget and so on and so forth. And that, point in that whole thing there's only one point at the end where the sales executive needs to really be involved but everything else can actually be broken down into the individual steps and someone else handle so in this very case now we have people who are researching a list of companies e-commerce uh, uh, online companies that sell clothes online with a certain amount of traffic to their site so that they can you know they are getting like Maybe more than thirty thousand to forty thousand people visiting their sites in you know in a month. Well, you know there's a lot of volume going there, right? Mm -hmm. So we have researchers who do the researching to put down a list of websites to go after, and then we have someone else who is a uh, sales development rep. When he gets the list of websites and the emails of at least four executives inside of each of those company. He now goes through and uses, you know, uses a tool that we actually use called QuickMail and emails out all those people to identify who within the company is the right person to speak with. In the email, the email is set up in a way where it pulls some triggers and gets those people to refer us to the right people. And then he eventually, the sales development rep, now eventually speaks to those right people in the company, the person who has been identified as the right person we should be speaking with, and then pre-qualifies them before it now goes to the sales executive who does the closing with the uh, uh, with a person who is you know the, the being pre-qualified. Mm -hmm. So in this case now, this is a sales activity, an activity that actually literally once you get the right person and you close them, it generates sales. But what I've just done by by talking about this very example is I've shown you that even in those activities that are high value tasks, you can still even break it down into the individual steps where. You as the owner focus on the most critical part of that step where everything else, which is related to this very sales activity, can also be either be automated and given to a machine to handle or systematized so that someone else can handle it for yourself. Mm -hmm. But yeah. do you understand what I just did Absolutely. just now? Yeah, I, yeah. I showed you that even in those sales and marketing activities, you can still break them down. So you don't want to start with these first. You start out by those activities that are not necessarily sales and marketing and those ones are still required for the business, and you've, I've showed you how to you know, systematize those and delegate those to your employees. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you now get to this point where you can start doing that same thing. You know, look at the entire process of your sales and marketing you know, and figure out, okay, which areas do not require me to get involved 
in this whole sales process or in this whole marketing process? Which areas do not require me to get involved? Which areas can I break it out and systematize how it gets done so someone else yeah. can handle? And that's how you also systematize and remove yourself yeah. as yeah. much of, yeah. A great, a great book that I, I just did an episode, this is episode 96, um, I, it recaps all the things you can do to make the most of your time. And uh, some of the things we talked about, it's just a great reference. If you, we talked a lot about, because what, what you're going to see happening is you're going to see yourself saying, like, I don't have the time to do this. But what you're saying is just take little bites away. Uh, delegate the work. You There's always a way. Don't. As soon as you say there isn't a way, you've already lost. You have to yeah. you have to have that open mind and just say yes, there is a way. Yes, we can do that. But just start. Just start doing it. Once you start and commit yourself to the night before, um, make a, a list of what you're gonna get done that day and make sure you get it done and delegate what you can and attack the projects only you can do. But just take little bites. Um, I mean, that's what I'm hearing from you. Is this a good sum like good summarization of what you just said? Yeah, definitely. And one, one, one thing, I don't know if, we, if we've asked the question earlier, but we showed you how you can create procedures and processes for your business by yourself, create that minimum viable uh, procedure, and then you can either delegate the filling out the details of mm-hmm. each step to an employee who you've trained before on how to do it, or you do it yourself over time. But there are situations where, you know, you cannot get an employee to do it and you don't have the time to do it. Well, there are actually people who make it their business to help you systematize your business mm-hmm. and they you know that's where your business consultant can come in or your your systems designers or you know they have system literally there are systems consultants out there and in every industry there are people whose job is to help people in that industry systematize their business and i'm very sure that you know you, you, all it's all it takes is you talking to someone else in your industry who has you know you you, you feel runs a business that it's like you know it's like a smooth machine and figure out okay is it possible, you know, you can reach out to them and find out who helped them? And because what, why, I'm, why I'm saying this is that sometimes the, the, the best people to, to get to help you systematize your business, who make it their business of systematizing your business, usually come from referrals from other people who use them. So you can start networking and find out, okay, who are these people in the industry who help to help rich restaurants, uh, restaurant owners systematize their business and you can reach out to them and you can you know uh, consult with them and they can help you as well so don't feel like it has to be limited to only you doing it yourself or your employees helping you systematize your business there are people systems consultants who actually are out there they do this for a living mm-hmm. but ask for referrals so you get the referral from someone who's actually used them so if we can't find these people if we don't have the money to pay a consultant to come in can you suggest any books we could read to get it started Awesome. So uh, a, f- a couple of books that you can read, uh, we've mentioned one of them already, is The E-Myth, uh, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. And that's, awesome that's one of the good books to read. Another one to, to read that will you know, get you gingered up, not necessarily, it won't tell you step by step what you need to do, but it will get you really gingered up in the reason why you need to do this so that you have a lifestyle you want, is The E-Myth by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Another book that actually goes into more details of how, how to actually execute and get this done is Work the System by Sam Carpenter. And, you know, if you want to see how, you know, businesses have done it in, in, in even areas where, you know, you might not even think systemization is important or you, you want to get some insight into how other, comp- or other companies have done it, check out the Checklist Manifesto and you can get some insight on how, you know, systems help med- the medical industry, the pilots, mm-hmm. uh, the airline industry and stuff like that. It gives you different businesses to see how systemization yeah. has helped. So that's the Checklist Manifesto by uh, Atul Gawande. So this is a, a, a couple of books. And I think we had a blog post that we wrote on our blog. Uh, it's, let me see if I can find the title. It's called Seven Books to Read if You Want to uh, Transform Your Business so that it runs successfully without you. So just Google that. Yeah, and I'll give you a link to that so that the <laughs> listeners can just click the link and yeah. get that as well. Yo, guys, it's Eric. I'm sitting here doing some editing. I just picked up on a little verbal slip. Uh, it was an accident, I'm sure. Owen, uh, he, he says uh, the E-Myth twice. The second book is actually called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And if you're scrambling to find a pen to write all this stuff down, don't sweat it. Everything's in the show notes, www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 98. And I did do some research. I found out that all these books, except 
four work the system are all in audio version i've listened to the e-myth in audio the four hour work week in audio uh great books it makes your life way easier check out audibletrial.com slash unstoppable get your free audio book today using that promotional code i'll have the links in the website just look at the sidebar you'll see the audible links there use those links i'll have links in the show notes too Get a free book using those links. You'll be helping me out too. All right, guys, back to the show. Um, another thing too, I mean, you you mentioned having finding a restaurant business system consultant. Um, if you first thing, if you guys know anybody out here who is a, a systems consultant for the restaurant industry, send them my way. Uh, give them my contact information, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. I'd love to get them on the show. But another thing you can do with technology, it's never been easier to just plug in systems. And that's one thing that's really cool about technology is uh, you can go out there and people have created these systems already. And all you have to do is adopt these systems. Yes, some of these uh, services come at a cost. But you have to remember, what time and money are you saving by having these tight systems put in place and these processes put in place? You have to, there's a payoff. You have to consider that. I mean, just some of these examples, I mean, your POS system alone is one, a massive system, um, which most restaurants have today. But there's also scheduling software, Schedulefly, Hot Schedulers, ShiftNote. These are all services that have been mentioned on the show by back by past guests that you can literally plug into your restaurant today and, ha- and have a system going. Uh, Weight Trainer is another great system um, which helps you create systems uh, for training. Uh, your system, Sweet Process, is another s- service uh, on how to create systems for your restaurant. I mean, there's, they're out there. Uh, there's data collecting systems that exist that you can plug in, like Hum, which is a surveying system, and then Swipely, which collects data from your POS system, um, your uh, credit card processing, and online. But, I mean, the thing... The, the thing is, they're out there. You just have to look for them. I and mean, there are some free ones, too, like Google Calendars. There's so many different things you get creative you can do with Google Calendars. Uh, Calendly is something I use, which is a system to schedule. Maybe you could use it to schedule interviews for employees. I mean, you use this scheduling process, uh, system, too, don't you? Yeah, I use a tool called V-Sitter, V-C-I-T-A, to schedule you know schedule appointments. That way, when someone schedules an appointment, it goes straight to my calendar, and that time is blocked. And, you know, it, it helps because, you know, you don't have to go back and forth sending emails. Just go onto your calendar, schedule the time that's convenient for them, and that meeting is set. And then when it comes time, you meet with them. Great. Owen, can you think of any other uh, things you use as an entrepreneur? Because we have to think about being uh, putting systems into our business, but we also have to put systems into our life. Uh, do you use any cool technologies that help you organize and put processes to your life? Yeah, so w- without talking about sweet process, which we designed to do that, but let me talk about other tools that uh, I use or one tool that helps me a lot. You know, the thing is, as an entrepreneur, you have so many things going in your head and trying to get yourself, you know, get yourself back in the zone can be difficult. So a tool I use to get myself back in the zone so I can do work, it's called, uh, what's it called? Focus at Will. So you can Google that as uh, Focus at Will. It's a tool that I think is actually backed by science and it's, they have a collection of different types of you know musical uh, instrumentation from all the way from classical music to uh, uh, all big tempo music that's just instrumentals and stuff like that. And what that does is when I literally put on my headphone and I go into my uh, uh, Focus at Will app, I press start and it you know starts the, the timer on. And then the music starts. In my case, I like classical music. And then it gets me in the right frame of work mm-hmm. to start working. Because otherwise, my brain is just going you know, haywire and crazy. But when I put that on, it triggers my head and says, okay, it's time to work. And once my brain is focused, I can now start focusing on work. So in this case now, if, if you have all this chaos going on and you'll start, you, want, you want to start working on your business to help create systems and processes, this involves some kind of critical thinking. And if you find that you're, you, know, you, you need to get your brain collected and focused, a tool like Focus at Will will help you do that. Awesome. That's a great tool that you can check out. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we, this was meant originally to be like a half-hour interview, but you were just dropping so much knowledge. I couldn't stop you. I had to let you keep going. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to. One thing I just remember just What's now, that? too, is 
I remember how I gave you an example of Misty Young, yes. who uh, she had a restaurant. And, and I mentioned earlier that we, on our blog, we actually interview other entrepreneurs who have systematized their business. And I just did a quick search on my blog, and I realized we've interviewed several other restaurant owners who have systematized their business, so they can also check those out. There's one interview with uh, the CEO and founder of this company called Humus Brothers. It's a UK-based restaurant, they sell, hum- they, they make hummus and, you know, make it in uh, real life where you're there. It's the name, his name is Christian Moyoset, and I can give you a link so that if the listeners want to listen to how he systematized this restaurant, they can check that out. Another guest I interviewed that is in the, in the restaurant industry himself is Gabe Da Silva, and he yes. talks about how he grew, scaled, and systematized, and eventually sold his business, you know, so... I'll give you a link to that so that yeah, your listeners he, can also... He as well was a guest on my show. So another... Uh, we got a lot of commonality, commonalities here. He was he knows his stuff. He's got a, a podcast of his own uh, called uh, Restaurant Riches. Yeah, check that yeah. out. Restaurant Riches. He's got a great show. He's more focused towards franchises and chains, whereas we here at Restaurant Unstoppable like the indie restaurant professionals. But if that's more your tune, go check him out. Support him. He's a great guy. Another one I interviewed is a guy named Karim Webb, and he actually owns a uh, what's it called now? Uh, Buffalo Buffalo something Buffalo Wings franchise, and he actually was able to build uh, to actually uh, grow the company in you know typically like the hood. And <laughs> you call it the urban, yeah. urban city or whatever, but he calls it the hood. And he is one in, in that area in, in in California. He is one of the most profitable uh, owners of that very franchise. And he talks how systems and processes, you know, and also working with the community and creating systems and processes to work with the community also help to 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 to, to grow the business. So this. Uh, additional four links I just mentioned, and including the interview to Mr. Young's interview, I will give those links to Eric so he can link to them as well. These are all restaurant-focused interviews where I'm interviewing owners of restaurants on how they systematize their business so that you can hear from them Mm -hmm. how they did it. Awesome. Great. I mean, you've given us so much incredible value today uh you're a great great guest i mean we went over 50 minutes but you know what i don't care owen because when i have (laughs) guests on the show they're just dropping bombs of knowledge it's just worth it uh so every second was well spent here um give yourself a final plug how can we connect with you um tell us i mean if you want to mention anything else about the speed process uh if people want to learn more about that uh you know give us some more information no problem. So if if you're at that point in your business where you're tired of being a bottleneck and you want to get your employees to know step-by-step step how you get tasks done on one hand and on the other hand be able to delegate tasks to them and track all the way to the end that they actually get tasks done, well, I want you to sign up. Well, by default, if you went to my website, sweetprocess.com, you can sign up for a, a, a 14-day trial. But if you came after listening to this interview, you can actually sign up for a 28-day trial. And um, Eric, what do you want to use as your unique referral code? That way, uh, we can track people who come from you as, uh, and give them that additional 14 days so they get a 28-day trial. Well, if they go to your website, they will be unstoppable. So why don't we just use that? Awesome. So this is the, <laughs> this is the process that you have to follow is when you sign up for the trial, you get a 14-day trial. And, and immediately after signing up for the trial, send an email to owen at sweetprocess.com. And in that email, use the referral code UNSTOPPABLE. And that yeah. way, I'll know you came directly from listening to this interview. And I'll give you a 28-day trial. And also, I'll let, in my response to you, I'll let uh, Eric know that, hey, you know, respond to Eric as well. So we, we can all track that you guys are actually taking action. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for that incredible gift. I did not know that was coming. My listeners and I appreciate that. Um, You are incredible. There's no questioning that you are unstoppable. Thank you so much (laughs) for taking the time to help us all create these systems and processes. Uh, Please do keep in touch. Thank you very much. Man, another awesome Authority Thursday Thank you so much, Owen. You just littered this place with bombs of knowledge. 
I just spent so much time uh, creating all the links and redirecting everything in the show notes. Man, he just left so much stuff out there. Uh, it was uh, a lot of work, but totally worth it. I hope you guys find value. Uh, don't forget www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 98. You'll find the links. We talk about his past interviews, my past interviews, all the books, the book references he has. Also, if you look over in the right sidebar of all my pages, you'll find that image, the audible.com. Uh, that will bring you to my affiliate page where you can sign up and get your free audiobook. Pretty sweet. Uh, you can also just remember audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. And don't forget too, guys, Owen was nice enough to give us a 28-day free trial, but you have to follow these steps. Go to my show notes at restaurantunstoppable slash 98. Find the steps. Click on the link to sweetprocess.com. That will bring you to the 14-day free trial. Sign up. Sign up. After signing up, email Owen at owen at sweetprocess.com. Use promotional code UNSTOPPABLE in the email and you'll get an additional 14 days. So 28 days free. And also, don't forget to CC me. Because I will be sure to respond to that email giving you a virtual high five for taking a step in the right direction. Just make sure you head over there. Also, all the, the uh, technology plugin systems, those will all be in the show notes. Uh, and please do use my links, guys. If there's something that you heard that piqued your interest during the show, you have no idea how valuable it is to me. If you go to my show notes, you use my links. Uh, some of the services that are mentioned, uh, these are all services that have been mentioned on the show from past guests. And if they do offer affiliate programs, I sign up. It's at no extra cost to you. They simply just shoot me an affiliate commission saying, Hey, thanks for spreading the good word. We appreciate it. Here's a little cut of the action for, you know, helping us out and helping us spread the word. Uh, that's really all it is. It's at no extra cost to you, and it helps me continue to create this content for you. Because as you know, this content is free. Uh, I'm not selling anything to you. I'm simply passing on the knowledge. Uh, so please do help support the show by using my links. You have no idea how grateful I am for that. Um, so yeah, with that said, if you guys have any questions, if you uh, can think of another Authority Thursday, if you know somebody who would be a great authority, help connect me. Uh, if you know of any indie restaurant professionals that would make incredible mentors, help connect me. I will reach out to them and I'll have them on the show so we can learn together uh, what it is about these folks that makes them so successful. Um, I'm loving every second of this. I hope you guys are finding value. I hope you're loving it just as much as I am. Until next time, peace out.